0: Welcome to Episode 3 of the Tactical Reroll Podcast. My name is Knox, and I will be your host on this, the Tactical Reroll Podcast, the podcast about a i 40k kill team. Firstly, I'd like to apologize to all the listeners out there, however many you are and wherever you are. I've been a bit silent over the last six weeks, roughly, and that's just due to the fact that my life partner was studying and writing uh, entrance exams for one of the university programs, so I didn't really have much time to sit and record, unfortunately. Maybe about 10 minutes a week was actual free time. The rest of it was work and sorting out livelihood and uh, household things. But once again, apologies for that. We'll be more regular now. The thing we had to do in the beginning is I want to thank Pandemonium Games, our sponsor, for their support for the podcast providing us a place to play as well as actually stocking kill team 40k stuff and for sponsoring some of our recording equipment and our bandwidth and our website. You can check them out at www.pandemoniumgames.co.za for all your Warhammer 40k, Kill Team, Age of Sigmar, Shadespire, or Night Vault and all the other needs that you have in your life. So today I'll be continuing my journey through Kill Team and uh, as we know I wrapped up in episode two uh, with the end of season one where I was two in one and I'd beaten by somebody called the Death Watch and uh, was the uh, Impedal God, or D- D- militar So now I'm going to go through games four, five and six, because it's been quite some time and I'm not a bit fuzzy on the details, but I still remember why I played and how badly I won or lost. And spoiler alert, we'll chat about that now. Season two, end of season one, I felt had a very basic grasp of the game. I still didn't feel like I actually understood <clears throat> what I was doing. And that is a big issue because looking in hindsight now, Over what I've done, I've realized I've made some terrible choices. So if we dive right in, uh, Game 4 was against Mark, and Mark was playing Harlequins. And uh, word around the store after Season 1 was that Harlequins were broken, and we should never play them. Because they have an 18-inch charge, there's no way to stop them. And uh, we'll get to Season 3 eventually, and we'll explain why they are unstoppable. Uh, So I'm just not 100% sure on the mission that myself and Mark played. It is either disrupt supply lines or faint. The reason why I say that is because I know it was an attacker and defender and it wasn't ambush. I firmly believe it was probably feint. It's kind of hectic actually because playing against Harlequins was quite an eye-opening thing. Like not realizing until you play. And this is once again a failing of my own, not knowing the opponent's faction. So if you know, if you just briefly go through the rulebook, the Harlequins have no, they're like one of the most limited rosters they only have players it sounds very gangster if you have like just players and stuff like that and they are very much melee orientated as in get to close combat and try and survive there all right Uh, it's very rarely i found and i'm a mediocre player and you can correct me if i'm wrong and share opinions and i'm new that i get to shoot a harlequin most of the time they end up within close combat turn one maybe turn two if things go badly for them which it hardly does and then you in melee combat and you hope that you survive the melee combat so i'm playing my standard a start is thing. i've got my three reavers i've got three intercessors i brought a flame a tactical marine as well because we've gone up in points so it's 120 points since it's season two season one was 100 season uh, two is 120 and season three will be 140 so i've got a flamer throne in there i believe as well just to, you know dissuade the the charge and uh, then you realize that you can't overwatch things you cannot reach nor see which is a slight problem for units that have a 3d6 or 18 inch charge at max well unless they use there's a tactic that gives them plus one i believe it's the scout no scout or the medic one of the two that gives you plus one or plus two to use a charge or movement i'm not sure yeah that was it was hectic because i had a plan i felt you know i'd be okay i'm gonna stand back a little bit he's gonna charge me if he doesn't make his charge i get to shoot him i can counter charge him with my revers. that's the plan and sadly i get to go first which is a problem because i can't reach him with my charge distance uh so i read up my models and that's round one and then he charges me and then that's pretty much uh, the end of round one because uh, all his models charge they all reach people piled in on quite a few people so i think he's got three harlequins on my like, combat specialist and uh, quite a few like around like key models he targeted models very really well as in combat specialist my leader and a my, uh, my reaver sergeant who's also in my kill team and um i think i lost two models not that don't just sheer volume of attacks and the amount of ap weapons he has is insane like it was, it's it's actually shocking to play against it. Like, you feel kind of traumatized. And not in a bad way. I'm not saying this to look for any kind of sympathy. It's just like, whoa, this is really hectic that there's a kill team that can do this. They can literally just run and murder bot you. And I mean, all you have to do to lock down a unit, and something I've learned now, in hindsight, is to charge a unit. And they can no longer overwatch. Neither can they retreat. So you can just keep charging the same unit. So you just charge one unit, hopefully make it in and then you charge the risk them into them, and now you're going to smack something again. Even though the uh, Reavers or inters- and Intercessors are two-wound models, it uh, means absolutely nothing. So, uh, I think he charges my Flamer with two guys, he charges my Leader. I think every single model of mine is in close combat, except for one of my Intercessors. Everyone else is in close combat at the end of round one. So, I think I lose, I think I lose two models at that point. Going into round two, and now... I lose my flamer as well, so he dies first obviously. And my one of my Reavers dies. And now moving into round two I make a tactical error, like a massive tactical error, in that I should have uh it's not retreat, it's fall back. And once again you can see my inexperience, like if you fall back out of after starting within range one at the start of a round, that person can't charge you again. However, unless you have the fly keyword you can't shoot them, is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because once again, even though I've played now a substantial amount of game kill team, I'm still not 100% on the rules. I'm I'm like at 80%. There's certain things I'm still like, I'd rather check and verify with people. And I don't, and I stay in combat because I'm convinced I can kill. I can kill these guys. I can kill them, there's no problem, right? I, I then lose a further... I lose my leader that round, just due to, like, Harlequins, oh wow, the close combat business is just nuts. I So at this point, I've put no wounds into the Harlequins at all, because they have a 4-up inbound save, uh, which is terrifying. And I have no multi-damage weapons, because everything is close combat, and they all do 1 damage. Almost as depressing as playing against a thousand, the Thousand Suns kill team, where they have a 2-up save, essentially, with all this dust. Uh, end of round 2, with nothing, sightings happening here. I mean, literally, we've not played for tactics here he's going to murder me I mean there's no like doubt about it he's not like making any kind of overture like to say hey you know what I'm gonna capture this point he's like nope gonna run and kill things and look tactically my combat specialist I think in the end put uh, a few wounds into models before he died and in the round two sadly I lose another I think uh, two to I think another two models as well so I'm down to three models left on the table and that is very difficult to deal with a full Holy team, which I think were eight models, which is actually terrifying if you think about it, because he's got eight close combat things that charge eighteen. It's it's nuts. Oh and they have flip belts, not fly, they have flip belts. So they ignore vertical movement, so they don't count any kind of structure. They just move straight across the battlefield as if it doesn't exist. Uh, which is I hear you screaming it's broken and i understand and in later games eventually you realize that they're actually very fragile but the problem is getting them into that close combat situation gives them so much of an advantage versus um, teams who can't do well in close combat like Tao and um, if you have any kind of range weaponry that doesn't give you multi-attacks in melee or something like that and once again if you build a better kill team you know if you might do actually you might actually do better so uh, I think end of round three, I have two models left. It's my reaver sergeant and my one intercessor is still alive. And I concede because there's no way. I mean, I, I can't do anything against this. I literally cannot stop him. It's terrifying. Like, how fast that game went. And the amount of says even though i have a three up he has a b minus three weapons AP minus four weapons and not a lot of them but the ones that count and that's the thing he's throwing multiple attacks and we have a brief discussion after the game and he's like you know what they they seem op because of the movement however it's more the fact that they are fragile they are extremely fragile they only have the four up in so ap weapons don't mean anything it's volume of attacks you need to have volume like massive volume of attacks you need to throw out dice and uh, eventually later on, I play with the Necron against them with flayed ones who throw out three attacks base. I didn't know that until I played them. And you see the difference in a model that can throw out multiple tons of attacks because eventually they can't make all those four up saves, like eventually opponents. And it's kind of, it sounds like a weird or bad strategy in that you're waiting for your opponent to screw up a, a save. But um, it's kind of part of the game, like in that you just, this is how it is, like you're waiting for that. Like he's gonna miss a save eventually. I mean, there's nothing you, you can do. Like even you you'll miss a save, you'll miss, how many times have I like tried to kill someone and I'm to hit on threes and I or a two and I go into a one and that that's just how it is. It's it's terrifyingly true, unfortunately. And that's the nature of the game. So the Harley Quinn's game was reasonably quick. I think that game took about twenty minutes and um, was one of the fastest skill team games I've played. Which is quite hectic actually so that that's yeah that was uh, my first game and you you kind of traumatized after sitting there and i'm like what do i do like how do i deal with this like i've got a faction that's kind of tanky but I, I don't know how to deal with it and i mean i sat and racked my brain about it and volume of fire and i said you know what i'm going to use this and like i said in the first uh, two episodes i'm going to use this campaign as a learning curve as in how to actually play the game from a Strategic point of view, because I mean, it's, the rules are kind of like easy, even though I don't know all of them. But the strategy behind it's actually the big thing that I'm lacking, and it's something I've identified in myself while I've played the game. So that's game four of the campaign, or game one of season two, which I've lost some now two for two. Moving on to game five, I play Stephen with his admic, and I am straight up terrified because. Admic, I'm reading online forums because I'm trying to improve my game. And people are like going, Admic is so crazy. They bring so much plasma weaponry. They can just, you know, they just chop things down like they can just shoot you. where You stand like it's just crazy. They people are just complaining left, right and center. now I've bu- I, I buy into the hype, obviously, because I'm stupid. And uh, instead of like, you know, listening to like not only listening to other people, but more like actually like looking at it from an objective point of view, I'm like, oh, no, he's going to just shoot me off the table and I have no chance, sorry guys, just add some water there because my throat's a bit dry and um, he's gonna shoot me off the table, Uh, nothing I can do, I'm just gonna take it. I'm just gonna take it and uh, I'm pretty much gonna lose this game. And then um, we set up and the mission is sweep and clear. Uh, And if you don't know, sweep and clear is uh, the last unbroken team standing wins, I believe. Uh, Let me just make sure. Uh, let's go through my rulebook here yeah so clear. the victory condition is if the battle ends because there's only one unbroken team the, on the battlefield that kill teams player wins Alt- otherwise each player scores three victory points for each objective marker that the kill team controls at the end of the battle and one victory point for each enemy model taken out of action by one of their models attacks or psychic powers which no one has except for the gray knights and the thousand suns great and then obviously the person who makes most victory points wins so, this is the one with the weird kind of deployment. It looks like a, if you've seen online in uh, Kilti videos, it's like a measurement template essentially. It's got the curve in the one corner. It's a rectangle with the corner cut out. Um, so, we, we, we set up and um, I'm terrified. He's got this arquebus. I think it's called arquebus, I'll not say the word. It's just a massive gun. That guy doesn't move. He just shoots things. Like, he just annihilates things. It's pretty much. And as I like he's got, I think he had three rust stalkers, the octopus, and he had a few plasma models and I'm like I uh, AP my AP negative weapons are gonna screw me over. I have no invent safe. I'm not a Harlequin player, so I'm pretty much screwed here, right? So I've got my combat specialist which is my Reaver Sergeant who's now level three. He's a terrifying bastard. I mean he's got he's got stuff and if we go through what he has actually so well uh, he at level one I took the oh I can't remember now. So anyway he, he punches things really really hard and that that's the most important thing here so if you if you get into close combat with him he will murder you well unless you're like you know um a thousand sons, because then nothing matters on a tube up save safe uh, let's not complain about that um so that's my combat specialist then i got my leader and my leader is kind of he's an intercessor sergeant and this is where i make one of my mistakes i should have made him an actual combat specialist as in gave him a close combat weapon rather than a range weapon so back to my combat specialist he's got a he's got warrior adept, which means add one to hit with this model in the fight phase so he hits on twos which is really cool right uh and then the level three ability has his combat master uh, yeah combat master add one to the attacks characteristic of this model for each enemy model within one inch of it at the start of the fight phase until the end of the fight phase which is terrifying and it's really cool because you can charge three models uh you get plus three attacks and he's already a two attack model with the expert fighter which is plus one and another three, seven, seven attacks essentially we charge three models which is really nice and he hits on twos i believe yes it's a three up three plus sorry three plus so you roll three or more on a dice and you hit but the warrior dead gives you plus one and uh, that's my combat specialist he's a mean person just so you know so i've got a rocket launcher tactical marine from off my roster and i've got a plasma tactical marine and then i dropped one of my intercessors because i felt they weren't effective so i had my three reavers uh, my reaver sergeant my combat specialist generic guy uh, my leader and my two tactical marines and i think that takes me to about 110 Uh, so i had an extra command point as well starting the game so that's another tactical thing if you have um 10 points less than your opponent you get an additional command point which is really nice i mean command points are very scarce and really useful to use in this game so we set up and it's sweeping clear and i am terrified i see i see so much plasma and i'm like all minus three ap the occupants just likely probably wipes a person out and um sure so we set up and he put his arcubus in the in the corner of his deployment this is in the furthest corner from me but it's because the range doesn't matter essentially it's a massive gun i don't know the stats but uh, it, it range doesn't mean anything to him right then he's the rest of his guys he's got a, he's got i think three or four plasma weapons and he's got the Rustalkers. now the Rustalkers i don't know they are two wound models as well they're really cool right and they like they just close combat stuff they come to murder that's that's their job they come to murder and this is one of the shortest games I've played, and I'll tell you why. So we set up and stuff, and uh, he, he goes first, and he moves up. his. So I've got my leader, and my, everyone's as far back as possible. It's only my, there's a bit of terrain in the middle that allows my rocket launcher to, to stand there. He's obscured, and he's allowed to shoot, and the plasma guy is standing about an inch or two from him. They're all like lined up in the, the, the weird little curve thing waiting for his guys to come across. And then he moves... Uh, he's got a veteran, uh, Rustalker, which moves up its full movement to the start of the game. So that thing is like a third of the way across the board already. So he, uh, he's in charging range. I, I can't stop him. Right? So he goes first. He move, His occupus stays there already. Like, terrifying. Uh, he's three three plasma guys. I think one of them is a leader as well. Moves up and they they obscured. So it's good. They encased. That's great. Then um, his Rustalkers all charge my leader. Well, not all charge my leader. They charge um, the plasma guy, the rocket launcher, and then one guy, the veteran, charges my leader. The guy who charges my plasma and my uh okay. rocket launcher. So the guy who charged my rocket launcher fails automatically. The guy who charges my plasma, I get to overwatch, and I hit him on a six, and he takes a wound, but he doesn't make the charge. So, like, I'm happy about that, because I can see him. He's, he's right there. Like, he set him up, and he's a bit close to me. So I was hoping to get the close combat, because those attack abilities just melt. And then I try and, you know, keep my stuff, I, so he, and then he charges his veteran uh, Rust Walker into my leader and combat specialist, and I was very confused, so I thought he had some kind of crazy tactic, because I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's a level 3 combat, after he charges, like, I make, the overwatch, my leader hits him with his uh, bolt rifle, well done um, Cato Cronus is my leader's name he overwatches him hits him with the overwatch gives him a wound because they're two wound models and he makes the charge he's within one of both my models and I'm like okay I guess all right he's within one but I thought he had some like you know insidious tactic that he's gonna try because like no one charges a leader and a combat specialist with one model anyway so um yeah, I, I ready up my rocket launcher, my plasma guy. Uh, my other reavers are trying to get into they 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 get around my leader out of that corner and they charge onto the other side. That's one of the failed charges. So he failed fail charges. So he, they try and flank one of the rust who who's like move this charge distance, but failed to charge obviously. And um, so currently there's a rust on one wound, one and two wounds and another one on one wound. And this is around. Yeah, this is yeah. And then I counter charge with my two reavers into the Rustalker that failed. And I get him there. So I'm like, yes, he's totally fine. I'm going to get him there. And then shooting happens. And his octopus shoots one shot. Doesn't kill anyone. I shoot my rocket launcher into. I use the. I think it's the the crack missile. The one shot. It's not the D6 one. Into his uh, plasma guy. And wipes him off the table. Like, no problem. Uh. Then my Plasma guy Shoots his other Rastalker And kills him And I think that's all The ready models Because no one else Like he failed charges And he couldn't see Anyone else And there was Close combat involved And uh, I survived My guys don't take Any damage really then it's fighting phase, and the charges go off, and, uh, he's Rustalker that's with my combat specialist, and my leader fights, and he puts one wound into my combat specialist, and I'm like, okay, sure, that's great, because it's a two-wound model, I don't really, I know, I've learned this at least, I know it's a two-wound model, so he's not gonna die. Uh, and then my charge models, my Reavers chop his other Rustalker up, like, dead, right? So he's lost, uh, three models at this point, and he's only got, uh, seven, I believe. And then, um my combat specialist smacks his no no my my Lee i think put my leader first into the um, rush Talker that's charged him and he does a flesh wound and then my combat specialist smacks him for five attacks and kills him and then what happens is he has to take a break test because more than half his models is off the table if, if i understood that correctly i may be off slightly but the arguments is still there but there's like multiple models four models have died There have to be seven and he has to roll lower than his lowest leadership, his highest leadership, and he doesn't, and he breaks, and the game ends, and I win. That was very weird. Like, at the end of round one, I'm like, oh, okay. i very confused, you must understand. Uh, this is only my fifth campaign or six actual game of Kill Team, and I'm so confused. I'm like, so I win? That's it? And we shake hands, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry? I don't know? I feel, I always feel like I need to apologize if I lose. And, um, so yeah, I, I think the tactical decision, maybe that he made, I'm not saying he was wrong or not. And Stephen, if you're listening, I'm not saying anything about your decisions. Just like the charge in the comments was a bit strange. And it caught me off guard because I didn't expect it. I was like, cool, he's going to consolidate. He's going to go and do other things. Uh, no, he charged into him with his veteran. And I'm like, sure, I guess. I mean, I'm not concerned, really. And that was game five. So I won game five by some weird miracle. So on to game six. I play uh, Carl was playing Adeptus Astartes, which is another fun matchup, Adeptus is against Adeptus Astartes, and the game we are playing is Terra Tactics. Yay. So Terra Tactics, you're trying to break your opponent once again, and otherwise each player scores two victory points for each of their models that broken through enemy lines, or one victory point for each enemy model taken out of action by one of their models attacks or psychics. Uh, psychic powers. So great. Okay, so this is this is a slog eh? because you must understand i have a very unoptimized kill team because i'm an idiot and i do not play kill team and i need to learn how to build proper kill teams right this is something i've in hindsight realized okay i need to sit down look at my roster and realize what do i need to do or i need to choose a faction that has less options so that i'm like can't i don't get analysis paralysis and go like oh i don't know there's so many different things i don't know anyway so game six against Call, adapt to the start is he's got stuff i've got the rocket launcher plasma usual thing uh combat specialist uh, is a heavy uh the rocket launcher is a demo i believe and the plasma is obviously a sniper because you don't want your guy to die then what happens is we set up and we play this game i'm gonna tell you straight up this game was long we played all i think we played five rounds right so we're both trying to because we, we can't break through, because he's got so much range on that side, he's got a heavy bolter, I think, and something, and I can't get through there, because he's just multi-shot something, I'm terrified of it, obviously, because I don't know any better. and we try, we have this weird little dance going on in the middle, without evas fighting each other, and I, I'm managing round two, to kill a tactical marine, I'm like, yes, I've killed a tactical marine, so I'm on one point, I didn't know that, I wasn't keeping track of, the only victory point, I saw. the only win condition I saw was the uh, breaking of a kill team, and breaking through enemy lines which is on the um you'll see it on the uh in the rulebook on terror tactics they'll show you with the one game board how it works and um so we have got this little weird dance of death going on and i'm kill one guy i use death denied to save one of my guys so he doesn't die to a damn plasma shot um, it's terrifying it's it's so terrifying right and um we get to round. i'm winning i know that end of round three we roll um i think it's the no uh, round three nothing happens end of round four We roll a d6, and obviously I roll a 4, great, nice, no problem. So round 1 is kind of like dancing, round 2 I kill a guy, he doesn't kill a guy, he almost kills a guy. Round 3 he almost kills another guy, my saves are amazing, alright. Then we get to round 4, and I'm like, oh I need this thing to end, because if it ends here I win, right. Because that's the pressure now, and this is what I like about Kill Team coming back to episode 0 and episode 1. This is what I love about Kill Team, there's this pressure, there's this constant feeling of like, you know. This is just on the edge here, I'm winning, and to quote um, the guys from the Chill the Chill Team podcast, who you should listen to, actually, really nice, Um, whether you win by an inch or a mile, a win is a win, since they quote Vin Diesel for some reason, he's their painter, patron saint of Kill Team or something, so whether you win by one point or ten points, it doesn't matter, a win is a win, alright, and I'm not saying that in a negative way in that, you know, you go all out to win and stuff, obviously, you're playing to win, everyone's playing to win, let us just get that out of the way, however it's a competition you're trying to beat the other person and you're trying to get that slight advantage because i mean you're all at the mercy of the dice even like, if you're bad at strategy you're at the mercy of the dice you beat that strategy you are still at mercy of the dice it, it the dice are there to screw you over all right so it's round four and i think oh, it's terrifying like combat knives against combat knives reavers fighting reavers there's people just getting hurt no one's dying it's kind of hectic and i magically managed to kill another guy i'm like yeah I'm so excited, I'm like, okay, I'm two points up, I'm two points up, no, no, I nearly kill him, he's on two flesh wounds, I'm like, he's nearly dead, I don't kill him, and I'm like, okay, it's fine, it's fine, I can kill that guy in the next round, right, and now I just need to weather his entire combat phase, which is really hectic, because, like, he's, he's got, like, he's in a good position to, like, just knock a guy out here, and I am miraculously make saves again, I mean, I'm so happy about that, I'm not complaining at all, and at the end of round, that's the end of round four, so round five comes and I'm still leading one 0 and I'm like, oh god, I just need, I just need this, I just, I just need this, right? And I think in round five what happens? Uh, Carl will probably correct me if I'm misremembering. So we still all locked in close combat because it makes no point to retreat because I mean I'll just get shot by these stupid Brady models over there with their rifles and heavy bolters and stuff, all right? Uh, and I'm like trying to like, you know, keep my guys in cover, keep them on the line of sight. He used to like to survive as much as possible. And I think this a really tense around because he needs to kill two guys to win. Uh, I need to kill nothing. I need to survive. That's all I need to do. I need to survive. If I'm okay, nothing bad can out to me and I win this game. right? Uh, it was really tense because he charges in another unit. He tries to get another melee attack off. I make the save and stuff. I don't kill his flesh wounded guy because apparently I'm really bad at rolling anything to hit something in melee combat. I'm like, oh, he's going to kill something just gonna cry and stuff like this and by some miracle we su- I survived the entire shooting phase and I survived the entire fighting phase and because people are wounded eh, people have taken like wounds like uh, the Reavers are two wound models so they've taken wounds they don't have flesh wounds and slight gripe here was GW's inability to use different words for things like flesh wound wound mortal wound I mean that why you could just use something different small gripe not complaining at all. G W, don't shoot me or send someone to my house to see and D me. Um. So. Um, yeah, it's really tense, and this is why. Like, once again, coming back to episode, you know, that tenseness, like you know, like this pressure, like oh, I need to, need to make this and all, all right. and um, I. I survived the entire fighting phase like by some miracle i think i get a few flesh wooden models and stuff but not enough to break me i don't have to take any more altists or anything something really happened no one's broken at this point there's like two guys with flesh wounds on each team which is not mad and then he's got one guy out of action so he's like his leadership can't technically fail so um end of round five now i'm stressing because i'm like we, if you play another round i'm pretty sure because i've got a guy in flesh wounded in close combat with him he's got a guy i'm like it's balanced on the knife edge here and we roll a two at the end of round five, and the game ends. and I win, and I'm like, I'm so happy right now. And I'm like, You, you try not celebrate in front of your opponent. And I'm like, Oh, good game. Like, really, I'm I'm so happy. Like, I won that. It was really tense and stuff. And he's like, No, it was a tense game. And um, uh, it's been, it was a positive experience for me because that's this game, similar to my first game of kill team in the league with Mike and the Death Watch. That's I feel like it's a very tense game. Like you, you, it's a knife fight in a phone booth. Essentially, it's like you know you just try to get that slight advantage that might get you the, the odds just to win the game and like beat your opponent silly, and that that's really really important. Is that that for me is what attracts me to the game? And I mean I don't want to talk too much about that, but I love that part of the game. And very few games have that with regards to, um, the strain for objective play as well as things coming down to a dice roll and you actually have no no actual control over that at that point even though your choices may have led up to that and um also the length of the game so i mean there's very few games that fit in that category for me where it's short tense objective play things die that's my three big category for the game and um so yeah i managed to, to pull out the win here so i go four and two in um, the end of season two which is pretty nuts right? I mean that's pretty crazy i i don't know like i i didn't expect to like get this far i was like okay i'm four and two it's not bad okay so just give you a standing here the guy was leading his mark with his holoquins was currently six and oh all right and um yeah he's just crushing it he's six and i'm four and two because my only losses are against him and uh, scott with these silly thousand sons right who are silly because of their silly, um but i really I didn't expect myself to be there at four and two and i'm feeling kind of good i'm like yes i'm four and two at the end of season two i get my um, you get the uh, what are these cards the tactic cards as a reward and you get dice i believe at season two uh i think when you finish you get the objective tokens which i have finally gotten because obviously this is recorded after the end of the league so i'm speaking from hindsight here when i talk about strategy and things so it was actually a great season, and I felt at the end of Season 2, I feel more comfortable playing. I feel way more comfortable with my models and knowing what they do. Like, I know my combat specialist is a beast. I know my rival Sergeant's is a beast as well. Like, because the fight team is, like, at level 2 or something, or level 3. But their first thing is literally um, the reroll nerve things, which I have natively, so... It was like, oh, you should disband them and try a new one. First of all, I didn't know what that was, and uh, I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll just keep playing with him. It's not a big issue. And then they had lucky, which it all saves or something. I can't remember. Uh, anyway, so I, it's in the season two, and I'm I'm happy with my performance. I mean, I I came into the league or the campaign with no like pre like preset notions of anything i'm like i don't know what is going on i'm going to play this game and if it's for me it's for me because i've only bought the first first strike box and i picked up the rocket launcher that i mentioned from um someone was getting rid of the adeptus astatis models second hand the mark 4 um space marines so i got the rocket launcher there and then Mike wanted the Rocker Launcher because he likes the style, so I traded him for one of the Spaceman in Hero guys, not a big problem, and then I have the Plasma and the Flamer guy from there as well, because I'm not going to buy anything more than that, really, for Adeptus starties, and I have a Heavy bolt as well, just in case, you know, in case, and the Heavy bolt is an amazing guy, he pulls out a game for me at some point during Season 3, I think. So, um, yeah, that's the end of Season 2, and that's the end of, like, two months of, 40k play, um, of kill team and in the meanwhile what i've been doing is i put together a necron kill team and a gray Knights kill team and i was messing around with that and now this is now outside of the campaign and the gray knights for me it's not a slight gripe. i like them i love their fluff i'm i'm very involved in their fluff i love the fact that they the this special chapter from titan which is the moon the solar system and they do psychic stuff and they got like this armor that's so crazy and they all like and this is my thing the selection criteria if you know the fluff well is like really hectic for grey knights, like even more than like space marines like space marines they kind of like kill like 90 percent of whoever applies but um the grey knights are like even a smaller percentile of that in humanity so this is what i don't understand like grey knights are an elite force are one wound models with I feel they, they have good melee weapons, and they, they, all, come with wrist, uh, they all come with a wrist-mounted uh, halter, but uh, except for the guys with the actual weapons, like the side cannon, and the Silencer, and the, uh, in the I, think, I think it's called the Flamer, I don't know what it's called really, uh, except for those guys, the rest of them all have range, 20, like 24-inch guns that they can use, even though they have great melee weapons as well, and um, they have access to the psychic phase, which is really nice. Uh, except uh, one thing I discovered Is that the leader Is an 18 inch psychic phase Versus every other grey knight Is a 12 inch So the Justicar Is an 18 inch And all of them can deny, All of them can cast, But obviously only one So don't misunderstand that Only one of them Can actually manifest the power Just the closest model You choose the model Then the closest model to them So they're slightly better Than the Thousand Suns In that way In that the Thousand Suns Is only the sorcerer And the guy with the icon of flame I'm not I think it's called The icon of zinch Or icon of flame Or something that does psychic ability so the gray that's my one gripe is that i i feel it's not true to the fluff in that they seem for an elite unit they seem very weak but then again everyone says their faction is weak and i'm just i just feel that they're kind of weak right like i mean i enjoy playing them but i mean i've got like tables when i was playing casually with him by everything really i mean also i'm a bad player so you know take that with a pinch of salt i am not great at this game unfortunately um, but that's what i was messing around and then i started playing with the necron kill team so um, got me some death marks who i was obsessed with i'm like oh death marks are amazing and then i played a game with him and i'm like they are terrible oh my word like really yes you ignore know long range great but i mean what your hero what ones or something with the sniper specialty that's it and you can only do one damage the death marks are kind of okay and uh, i like the necrons because they're fluff so they they're a big thing for me with regards to fluff so that's the end of season two, guys. Um, I'm just doing this podcast to catch up on the campaign. So what's gonna happen is in the next uh, podcast we'll talk about season three. And if there's time, I don't want to like I try and keep the podcast as short as possible. Try and keep it to forty five minutes and less because I don't want to have a long droning podcast where we're sitting and like oh we're just talking about stuff now. Uh, the next podcast will be episode four where we talk about season three, obviously, which is the you know oh I have stories for you there. It's so great, and then um. We'll talk about, we might even dip our toes into Arena, which is uh, been released before this podcast has come out, and we'll talk a short amount about Arena. And then in future podcasts, we'll talk about, actually talk about Arena, kill team comparisons, campaign, match play, and all these things, because I enjoy discussing these things. And I use, uh, there might be a few seasoned veterans out there that feel I'm just making it very simplistic, but I'm using it as a, as a platform for myself and new players like myself in that I'm very new to this. So I'm learning things as I go along. So sometimes people will say things in a conversation and I'm like, I have no idea what this man is talking about, but he seems like I couldn't figure out for the longest time what FNP was like. I searched and it was like, oh, he's got an FNP or five plus. And I'm like, what is an FNP I, and I can't find it. And eventually Mike explains like, no, it's called feel no pain. I'm like, oh, he's like, yeah, no. Apparently they were all called feel no pain before. Now they are called like different things. Uh they, they affect they faction specific, like uh, the Death God have disgusting really zillient, which is a uh, FNP or Feel No Pain of uh, five up, you don't lose that. And the uh Dark Elder have a six up as well for Feel No Pain uh so i you're learning all these things and i'm hoping one day to make a list of all these weird abbreviations and stuff and just go through them with people and like the history and how we got to them and stuff like that but i mean kill team looks really bright we have quite a great bunch of players there i'm really happy with the game it's really positive and i'm thoroughly enjoying the game i will play a game kill team any day you guys can come and set up and i'm like well i'm really the jam kill team i'm happy to shoot some you know models and complain about dice and complain about you overwatching me and hitting on sixes and then killing a guy i'm like that's that's kind of hectic actually anyway guys that is the end of episode three thank you for listening to the tactical real podcast and i have to say the things i say at the end of the podcast i want to thank once again pandemonium games for sponsoring us uh and sponsoring the podcast giving us a place to play and also stocking kill Team, so we can you know buy things from them and play this wonderful game of kill Team. so you can check them out at www.pandemoniumgames.co.za and they're based in cape town south africa but they ship everywhere nationally obviously in South Africa. I feel if you're listening to this from another country, maybe, su- maybe support your local FLGS, which is friendly local gaming store, or your women's store. We don't have one in South Africa, unfortunately. So I just stick to my local FLGS. So Pandemonium Games, check them out on their website. Once again, it's www.pandemoniumgames.co.za for all your games workshop, Kill Team, 40k needs, and other stuff. I mean, they have a massive variety of accessories as well, which you can use, and Citadel so paints. Important things, guys. We talk about painting as well, so I'm starting to enjoy that as well. If you guys are on iTunes, leave us a review of the show on iTunes helps visibility of the show so that more people see the show and more people can listen to it and hopefully critique me and tell me like, oh, you're doing a terrible job. Oh, okay, you're doing a great job. Let me know. So you can drop me all your comments and critiques and questions at tacticore at gmail.com. I will save all of that up and we'll put one big episode where we have all the discussion with regards to that and maybe there's a few exciting things like that this is nak signing off for the tactical real podcast thank you guys for listening and we'll see you at the next episode